Heart Church and welcome to today's Live Lounge. We're so glad that you've joined us and it's our prayer that you'll have a good church time wherever it is you might be watching. You'll feel blessed and God's presence will fill the room that you're sat in. Last week we had hundreds of people connecting in and, uh, and we were told that four or five or whole families were watching. We're so glad that you joined us and all the encouragement you sent us and the messages that you can leave right now. Vanessa and the moderators will be happy to answer you, but thank you so much for all your encouragement. And it's just going to get better and better. So this week, we have a baby dedication. Probably our first, I think it is our first baby dedication that we're doing online in Willow Park Church. And a little bit later on, Courtney is going to be reading a story called The Invisible String to our children, and that's all about connections. And then a little bit later on again, we're going to share communion together. So please go and and grab some juice and some bread or whatever it is that you would like to share with one another. And what a great time for you to join together as a family and share communion. And we also, at the beginning, we're going to go to that in just a second, we have some amazing worship with our Pursuit Band. And uh, Pastor Jeremy will be also praying for us. Before we get there, just a couple of quick announcements. As always, if you want to find out what's going on at Willow Park Church, and trust me, there's a lot going on. We've been working hard in moving our ministry online. So more and more, you're going to hear from leaders and pastors in the church in ways that you can join in with Bible studies and connection times. We're getting really creative around kids ministry. There's all sorts of things going to be coming to you in the next week or so. So if you want to know about any of that, then please go to our website. There may be some links right now appearing uh, on the side there. And also, if you please continue to give to our ministry, we're believing that Live Lounge, an online church at Willow Park Church, is going to reach thousands of people. And we want to be able to do this really, really well. So your ongoing giving generously uh, and, and cheerfully, just as the Bible says, is invaluable to that. So Vanessa will put a link uh, right now, and there'll be a link up there as well if you choose to do that. So I'm going to hand over now to the Pursuit Band. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And we're really praying you have a wonderful time in the presence of God.
Last night, my wife and I were chatting about what she read in Psalm 57. In this psalm, David, he's hiding out because he's been chased by Saul. And he's in this cave and he says, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. And then down this 
this uh, chapter in Psalms, he says, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory, let your glory be over all the earth. A couple things. One, David is hiding in the midst of disaster. I'm sure we can relate with that as some of you were sitting at our homes and we're having this service online. But the second thing he did, which was the most important thing, was in the midst of disaster, he praised. He gave praise to the king. He gave praise to the one who loves him. He did what he was created to do, to worship the Father. Before we enter into the next couple songs, I want to take this moment so we can pray, so we can focus on praising our king. So with me at home, let's extend our hands as I pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We give you praise in these uncertain times because, Jesus, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the one who has come for his children. We give you praise. Lord, in the midst of this uncertain time, we pray for revival. Lord, where there seems like there's no hope, we thank you that you give hope, Jesus. And we praise you for that hope. So, Father, as we enter in, let us focus on you and what you have for us, your children.
over our city as a church from our homes it's in the midst of fear and uncertainty God tells us to rest in the shadow of his wings he says if we make the most high his dwelling place no harm will come against us no, de- no destruction will come near our tent, near our dwelling place. So as we trust in God in this time, God, we just declare that God, that you are the God of revival as there's uncertainty. We run to you, God. I think that this time will be, although it's uncertain, it'll be exciting, God, that we'll We'll see so many come to you, God, that have denied you for years and years, Jesus. You will prevail, God. God, your love, you, Jesus, your love casts out all fear. So we just declare that you're the God of this city. Come awaken us. We sing that.
else to do, God, in fear. We say to rest, God, in you, to trust in you and not lean on our own understanding. So, God, in this time, I ask you to silence fear. God, silence anything that the enemy is trying to get in to do during this time in our, in our lives, in our houses. trust in you, that we run to you, and that we would fight this battle with you, Jesus. And you say that there's so many times in scripture where worship is used to fight battles. God, in Chronicles, when you basically tell that tribe to, to go and worship first, send the worshipers first. And they found out that the battle was over. So God, we worship you in this time and we love you. I thank you that we could do that from our home. God, would you strengthen this church, strengthen this body. You are good and we declare that. Amen. Wow, what a brilliant worship time. Thank you so much to Chris and the Pursuit Band. And, uh, you know, that is an example of the type of technology that we have in this church that is going to be serving families and children uh, across our city, um, but also across our country and world. And we want to keep doing that faithfully, sharing the gospel and pointing people to Jesus in what is a really fearful time. So with that in mind, we're really encouraging those that continue to give that for you to think and pray about whether you want to actually increase some of the giving over this next little while. Uh, right now, there should be a slide coming up and you'll be able to see the different ways you can do that. But we're really praying that we can uh, use your resources effectively for the kingdom. The New Testament talks about, as Christians, that we're to give generously, that we're to give sacrificially, and we're to give cheerfully. And we are very grateful for all the hundreds of people across our church that continue to do that. So again, these are the different ways that you can do it, and, uh, and we're really praying and believing that God will use your gifts and multiply them so that we can see incredible things happening in these in uncertain times. Now then, we are now moving to our baby dedication with Pastor Phil and the, and the lovely Freeman family. God bless.
Well, here we are. This is a first for Willow Park Church. We're going for a baby dedication online. I mean, things are changing rapidly in our nation. But we wanted to do this baby dedication uh, because I've got uh, the lovely Freemans here and they uh, were eager that Alexander would be dedicated at this time. So it's a real blessing to have uh, you here. And so I also uh, dedicated Jackson uh, some while ago. And Jackson, you've really grown. You're looking good there. So come and stand up with me and we're going to dedicate our first online dedication of Willow Park Church. Oh, you know, the Lord's doing many remarkable things in these difficult times. And for Alexander, this is the verse that we prayed over and thought about and wanted to bless. And it's such an appropriate verse. Don't you think, church, such an appropriate verse for these times? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Perfect verse for these times. So I want to ask you both a couple of questions. And then I want to invite you as church, as you watch in your lounges, on your devices, to take a moment and to pray blessing. And also to say yes, when I ask the congregation, will you support this family? Will you pray for them? And then in your way at home, just say, yes, we will. So Tamara, Jeremy, here is little AJ, as he likes to be known as, or you call him that, AJ. Are you committing yourselves to create a Christian home where you put Christ at the center of your home? Yes, we do. And are you committing yourself to pray for AJ as he grows up and to lead him in the truth of the Lord and the goodness of God? Yes, we yeah. do. Yes. And at home, do you commit yourself to pray for this family, for all the babies in our church and all the children at this time? And I, can I remind you of the many promises we've made to pray for our community, but particularly this this day, to pray for AJ, that God will bless him and be with him. I'll take that as a yes. I've got grandparents in the audience and they're nodding. So that's uh, wonderful as they're sat there and we're blessed by that. Let's, um, let me see if he'll come to me. This is my favorite bit. As you all know, there he is. Look at him there. Absolutely wonderful. So we're going to pray. Father, right now we pray for Alexander James. And we pray, Lord, at this time that you will bless him. We thank you, first of all, as this verse declares, there are plans. That you have plans for him. Plans to bless him. Plans to prosper him. And Father, we pray that as he grows up and he walks and discovers the truth of the gospel, we pray, Jesus, that you will reveal yourself to Alexander. Father, we pray that he will know your presence for those decisions that he has to make in the future. We pray, God, that you will bless him, encourage him, 
and be with him. And Lord, as a community now, we dedicate Alexander James, AJ, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless this little boy powerfully in Jesus' name. We pray a blessing on the Freeman family at this time. On Jackson, Lord God. And on all that they are experiencing as a family. And I pray, Lord, that you will be with them. Encourage them. Bless Jeremy and his work in carpentry. And we pray, God, that you will be with them. And Tamara, Lord, as she raises the children and senses your wisdom and your guidance as as a family, they seek to please you in the name of Christ. Amen. Wow. You did really well, Alexander. Look at that. Fantastic. I'll hand him back because he didn't cry once. This is good. Maybe it's when it's, the church is full. Uh, children um, cry. Oh. There you go. You got, you got to, uh, Alexander, you got a cough with, you know, uh, with the elbow. Yes. Um, here we are. Here's uh, the blanket and uh, the uh, dedication certificate. And so we bless you and your family. And thank you for making the effort to involve all of our church family at these uh, very challenging times. Bless you. everyone. My name is Courtney and I work here in the children's ministry. Although we can't all be in the same room this morning, we do have the pleasure of staying connected and staying as a community. We're going to hear a story today for kids and adults about staying connected through something called our invisible strings. This book is called The Invisible String. Liza and Jeremy, the twins, were asleep one calm and quiet night. Suddenly, it began to rain very hard. Thunder rumbled until it got so loud that it woke them up. Mommy, mommy, they cried out as they ran to her. Don't worry, you two. It's just the storm making all that noise. Go back to bed. We want to stay close to you, said Jeremy. We're scared. Mom said, you know we're always together, no matter what. But how can we be together when you're out here and we're in bed, said Liza. Mom held something right in front of them and said, this is how. Rubbing their sleepy eyes, the twins came closer to see what mom was holding. I was about your age when my mommy first told me about the invisible string. I don't see a string, said Jeremy. You don't need to see the invisible string. People who love each other are always connected by a very special string made of love. But if you can't see it, how do you know it's there? asked Liza. Even though you can't see it with your eyes, you can feel it with your heart, 
and know that you are always connected to everyone you love. When you're at school and you miss me, your love travels all the way along the string until I feel it tug on my heart. And when you tug it right back, we feel it in our hearts, said Jeremy. Does Jasper the cat have an invisible string? Liza asked. She sure does, said Mom. And best friends like me and and Lucy, asked Liza. Best friends too. How far can the string reach? Anywhere and everywhere, Mom said. Would it reach me even if I were a submarine captain deep in the ocean, asked Jeremy. Yes, Mom said, even there. Or a mountain climber? Even there. A ballerina in France? Even there. A jungle explorer? Even there. How about an astronaut out in space? Yes, even there. Then Jeremy quietly asked, Can my string reach all the way up to Uncle Brian in heaven? Yes, even there. Does the string go away when you're mad at us? Never, said Mom. Love is stronger than anger. And as long as love is in your heart, the string will always be there. Even when you get older and can't agree about things like what movie to see or what game to play in the back seat or what time to go to bed. Oh, that's right. You two should be in bed. And with that, they all laughed as mom chased the twins back to their beds. Within a few minutes, they were asleep, even though the storm was still making the same loud noises outside. As they slept, they started dreaming of all the invisible strings they have and all the strings their friends have and their friends have and their friends have until everyone in the world was connected by invisible strings. And from deep inside, they could clearly see no one is ever alone. Thank you for listening to our story. Now I would like to turn it over to some of the Pursuit students and the youth interns who have created a video that they want to share with us today. Did you know that when you're drowning, you don't actually inhale until right before you black out? Your instinct to not let any water in is so strong that you don't open your mouth until you feel like your brain is on fire. But they say when you finally do let it in, that's when it stops hurting. But it's like when your brain is engulfed in a storm and people will tell you, breathe in, breathe out, it's fine. It's not like that. The pain doesn't go away when you inhale. The storm is so strong, you feel like it's you against the world and that no one is there to help calm the waters and guide you back to shore. 
Anxiety is that storm. It's that leg tapping, that nervous rambling, that overthinking, that thing that thinks it controls your every move. Don't you miss the days when you could just drift away in the calm waters? The times before one wave hit and another one followed. The times when you didn't welcome the bad times and like the waves continuously push people away. Well, those days are now. Depression. Think of aggression. Always flowing through your brain, making you want to go insane. It's like the campaign of death, but there was nothing of me left. Except the crime of putting me down all the time. I miss the days when depression wasn't a cloud always following me around. I may have been known to have that smile on my face, but I was only smiling because I wanted to find grace. But Satan didn't want me to find that grace. Instead, he put up the showcase to find everything I needed to reface, to replace, to retrace. But instead, I needed to find what to embrace. I needed to put God in first place. This hole inside me that always wanted to be filled, depression filled that, but it wanted to be killed. Depression didn't beat me, only because God kept seeking. Depression isn't something we can see or hear, but is what we can feel when it is near. But how near can something get when Christ guards our soul and head? Satan wanted me to call game, but God, he gave me a name. Depression didn't kill me, but lust did. Gone are the days when I could barely whisper your name, and Elohim, Adonai. Feels like I've tried every one of your names a thousand times. All this guilt and all this pain and all my lust and all my shame. I wear my heart on my sleeve. You wore your heart on a cross. Here I am, Lord, sitting among these blood-stained rocks. Here I am, Lord, at the foot of your blood-stained cross. Gone are the days when I spent my energy thinking of myself as someone who didn't deserve God's love. Gone are the days when I thought I didn't deserve the plans he had laid out for me. Gone are the days when I fixated on what I wanted to change about myself instead of appreciating and loving what I already had. Gone are the days of crying for countless nights because I just wanted to be like every other girl around me. I look back at these struggles and realize that my worth never depended on how I looked or how pretty I was to boys. My worth never depended on what people said to me or how they saw me. My worth never depended on how many likes or comments I would receive on an Instagram post. It simply came down to the fact that I was always worthy and always will be worthy because I am a child of God. Depression. Anxiety, self-image, and lust. They can all be overcome and peace within them found. Gone are the days when peace was something we chased after. The days when we couldn't even walk through the beauty of nature without being pulled away by notification on our phone. The days in our lives when living in the moment meant something. Now we just record the moment, meanwhile missing it all together. We are so distracted and always find ourselves leaning towards the easy way out. But we can't rush to the end of things or skip through them like some TV show on Netflix. These actions take us away from the beauty and the simplicity of life. And you see, that's not how life works. We need to pray for patience because in a time of me, in a time of I want it right now, society is all about that quick fix. And having patience is one of the hardest things to do to just trust in Jesus because he is the Prince of Peace and peace itself never comes without a fight. Do not underestimate the power of Jesus Christ over your life. Use it as a weapon to break the chains and step into a new life filled with love, joy, and peace. 
and you will see darkness flee and prison walls fall down and heaven invade earth. Well, with the Park Church, um, I really wanted to share some thoughts with you about worry. I mean, there is so much anxiety around at this moment. So when I was praying, I thought we'd leave Galatians for the moment and we'd step into a series of messages that really speak to the signs of the times, really speak about what is taking place and what is happening. I mean, we are overwhelmed Again and again by news. The situation seems to be changing. I can see, even as I go around town, that the levels of stress are rising in people's lives. So I was praying this week and I wanted to go to an obvious scripture, but a scripture that we need to be reminded about at this time. And this is where Jesus preaches on the Sermon of the Mount and teaches to the most critical truths of the Christian faith. And in his sermon, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. He actually says this three times. Do not worry. He says, do not worry in verse 25. He says, do not worry in verse 31. He says, do not worry in verse 34. He's, he's trying to get a point across to us. That as the stress memo flies around the world, he's saying, don't worry. I mean, I was at Big White on Monday. You may have seen that on Facebook. And I was with the kids and we got onto the chair. And we're going up and it was actually 3.33 and the announcement came out. And the Australian guy on the chair uh, looked at me and he said, this is your last ride. Uh, and then the hill closes for the season. What? I mean, we actually thought that, that we could escape from all that is taking place by going skiing all the time. And as we're going up the hill, you could see the whispers and people talking to each other. People started to shout at each other. This, it's closed. There was shock. It was terrible. No, I could see people shaking their heads. It was like an avalanche of, of whispers and disappointments and frustration. And people started to shout from chair to chair. And I got to the top of the bullet. Now it was a perfect day. On that Monday, blue sky, I even thought I caught the sun a little bit. Everybody got off, but nobody moved. Before I knew it, I looked around and there were crowds of people. Groups of snowboarders to the left with accents from all around the world. Nobody wanted to move because this was the last run of the season. Everybody stood there as if they were holding a kind of vigil 
And they were stood there going, what is going on? This world is crazy. Really? They've closed Big White? No! I can cope with everything except closing Big White. My kids sat down in a clump of snow and they just lurked for a while. We waited and waited until the final ski down. It was the longest ski down we've ever done. We zigged across three or four runs through the trees and back, across and back every moment. And then it was over and we arrived at an empty car park. A great memory. But what I noticed was people were just shocked. That was Monday. The shock has just kept growing, hasn't it? Went to the YMCA that evening to do what was to be now the final spin class. The truth is I don't really like spin. I find it hard work. It's really painful. And I'm praying that the clock gets faster and faster. And at the end of it, they said, well, the YMCA is closed. Eight o'clock. Bye. See you next year. Everybody kind of laughed. But there's a tension. There's a worry. That was Monday. Things have just ramped up. So what do we do with all of this taking place? Well, Jesus says this, I tell you, do not worry. Why? Because worry is like a virus that spreads quicker than any virus. Worry infects. Worry is something that is present and is at work in our lives and, and can grab hold of us. Worry goes The memo of worry goes around the world far quicker than we can ever imagine. The thing about humans is that we have the ability to create terrible scenarios in our head. We create monsters under the bed. We can write in our brains Stephen King novels very quickly. We can create disaster movies in our heads by worrying about things that aren't true, by making up things that aren't there, it's called hypothetical worry. It's called fictional worry. It's about that anxiety that comes when we worry and we think about things and we blow them out of proportion. Can I encourage you to stick to the facts? Can I encourage you to stick to the truth? Can I encourage you, as Jesus said, do not worry about your life. Do not worry. Do not worry. Why? Because at the end of the day, dear friends, Jesus Christ is our counsellor. I mean, we all feel like we need a therapist, don't we? Well, I do, except you can't meet with your therapists anymore because of all the rules and, and, and distancing and so on. But... I want you to know that in this time of stress, in this unprecedented time of global change, that we have a counsellor that will not leave us. And that counsellor is Jesus Christ. That he's going to be with you. So what would Jesus say to us? He says to us, do not worry. And that's good. I mean, there are things we should be concerned about. Not all worry is, of course, bad. 
But I want to break it into two areas. There is worry that cripples us, that brings fear, that takes our eyes off Jesus. And there are, let's rename worry, to concern. There are some things we should be concerned about. I mean, even the Bible teaches us that the Apostle Paul was concerned. We've been in Galatians and he was concerned about the church. Martin Luther preached, the great reformer, preached that we should all be concerned about our spiritual formation. One of the great Danish philosophers and writers wrote in the 1850s that worry and anxiety has the ability to torture us. Far greater ability to twist and to hurt us. So in one sense, there are concerns where we need to plan and we need to think. On the other side, there are worries that cripple us. So what is Jesus asking in this text? Jesus is asking, will you trust me? I'm with you. And the question for all of us in our homes at this time is, am I willing to hold on and trust Jesus? And in the time of crisis, let me tell you something with everything within me. You can trust Jesus Christ. He's with you. He cares for you. But what you've got to be willing to do is allow God to grab hold of your life. I remember even as the kids were small, I remember little Josiah when he was a toddler, he used to come for walks with me and, and sometimes he would try and hold my hand. So I'd give Josiah, who's a little mini me of me, my two fingers and he'd put his little, little fingers around my two fingers and we'd walk along and he'd talk to me, quite a talkative little boy takes after his father and he'd be talking and talking and then he'd trip over and he'd fall on his face. He'd get up, straighten his nose, grab my two fingers and carry on walking. But after a while he would uh, look at me and say, Dad, Dad, hold my hand. So I'd take my big hand and I'd grab his hand and we'd walk along and he'd carry on talking. But this time when he tripped over his shoelaces or some uneven ground, rather than falling on his face, <laughs> he swang. Way, Dad! Swinging. Why? Because Dad's got him. He hasn't got Dad. And this is what Jesus wants to communicate. Let God's great hand come down and grab us and hold on to us. Don't you try and hold on to God in your own power. Let God come and grab hold of your life. And rather than tripping up, we swing. We swing that God's got us. And I think this is the essence of what Jesus wants to teach. God has you. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
There's a trinity here of what humans think are really important. What we wear, what we eat, and what we drink. Three things. The trinity. We love our clothes. We love our food. We love our food shows. Jamie Oliver, creating wonderful dishes. We love our food. We love our drink and, uh, and our, what, how we luck. It's that trinity of idols in the world. But what you're noticing at this time as the world changes is that the idols of this world are falling and we're discovering what is really important. And what is really important is our relationship with Christ. Don't be a reductionist where we put our lives simply down to our bodies and our body and our needs. We're more than that. We're more than that. Look, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? One thing that this pandemic is creating is that life is a lot more than we ever imagined. That it's the important things that come into focus. And here he says, we all need to become bird watchers. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yesterday evening, I went for my evening prayer walk. About a six mile loop around uh, the Rutland bench. And I see a man who I see regularly. His name's Wayne. And we wave at each other and we have a little chat. And he said, today... The birds are going crazy. Just stop and listen to them, Phil. And I did. I paused for five minutes. I watched the birds. I could hear them. The sun was setting. It was magnificent. Jesus is saying, look how the Father provides for the birds. Will he not much more provide for you? Will he not much more be with you? How do we know this? Are you not much more valuable than they? Listen, what destroys anxiety, what destroys worry is to know that you and I are valued by God and he has given us life. He has given us the gift of life and we do not have to worry because God values you. Look at the lowly birds and look at the creation of humanity and you have the image of God within you and God utterly utterly values you, your life, your family, and where you're at. He makes the point that you're valued, but you can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to their life. The truth is that we know that anxiety and worry affects our health. Look at the Lilies of the fields, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Last year, I went on a long walk on the High Rim Trail with uh, Jordan and with Jeremy. And we walked the 36 miles of the High Rim Trail. It was great fun. It was hilarious and it was hard work and it was quite a little adventure we had, kind of team bonding. There was a moment and there's a little spot, a little, little small park high up 
over Lake Country when we came into a field and the field was full of magnificent, beautiful, wild flowers. I actually took a photograph of them. There were so many different colours, purples and yellows and whites. And I sent it to my wife as a bouquet. I said, I'm thinking of you. Here's a picture of wildflowers. I love you. I wish you were here, but I'm here with the pastors. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, don't worry. Will you just let the fields and the flowers and the lilies and the wildflowers and the birds be your teacher? And what do they teach you? They teach you that God is with you, that God will provide for you, that God will help you. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. What is the Lord saying here? He's saying, you can trust me because I'm the king of life. He's saying, you can trust me because I am the king, your father. The pagans run over the horizon looking for all these things, but you can be solid because God is your father. God is your king. God is with you. He is not aloof somewhere in heaven. He is down here right now with you, cares for you, is interested in you. He knows what we go through. He knows our troubles. He knows our worries and he cares for us. So don't run after all of this stuff. Run after the most important thing, which of course is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So if Jesus is our counselor, he counsels us saying this, trust me because I am the king of all life. And let the birds and the flowers, let nature teach you that God provides. He then says, you can trust me. Because you're not running after all the things the pagans are running after. An endless horizon. You have a relationship with me and I am your father and I care for you. So, Take a moment. Turn this time of separation, this time of solitude, this time as a way of going deeper into your relationship with God. In listening prayer, ask the Lord a question. Lord, what do you want to teach me through this pandemic? Lord, what do you want me to do through this pandemic? What are you going to do? Ask the Lord some questions of what the Lord is going to do and how the Lord's going to work in your life. Therefore, do not worry, verse 34, the third one, about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's live today. Let's live in the present. And let's live in his presence. When we live in his presence, in the present, our worries start to evaporate like the morning mist because the Lord is with us. So as we take communion and as we step now into communion, I want to encourage you to get that bread and that uh, wine and juice and sit around Be reminded, he's the king of life and he's the king over his children. Pastor Jordan is going to come now and he's going to lead us. Few of us would have imagined we would be at this place three weeks ago, taking communion in our homes, near our computers, perhaps on our own, thinking, where is my church family? Where, where are my people? But as we walk this road together, even though we're apart, we walk it with Christ. And, and that idea of of us holding God's hand, but switching that around to Him holding our hand is a beautiful image that we can see and that we can feel, that we can relate to, because in Christ's humanity, He walks us through this time. More than we know, this morning I was reading of the Garden of Gethsemane and, and the struggle that Christ had in the real midst of, of pain. And he walked in it, he walked in it as a human, knowing that his God is with him. And so as we walk through this time, God is with us, holding our hand, walking us through the financial difficulties, walking us through the loneliness, walking us through our mental health. So cling to him and he'll cling to us. As we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I want to read Today from Philippians, chapter 2. About imitating Christ's humility. And also imitating Christ's humanity. And take this passage as as we apply it to our everyday lives about how to help people around us. So I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2. I hope everyone has their pieces of juice and bread ready. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in His Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
Your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest of places and gave him the name above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We're going to take the bread now and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which I, is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your humanity and your humility to come and walk amongst us. And as we find ourselves in these times of of confusion and fear and worry, help us to remember that you are walking with us. You are holding us by our hands. You are with us and you are overall. Our reality seems bleak and uncertain, but your reality above us all is so certain and is so secure. So we rest our security in you, not in ourselves. We rest our security in you, not our own ways of doing things. So as we walk, God, I just pray that we would be walking with you. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for your Holy Spirit to speak to us and to minister to us every day. Thank you, and we love you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, Willow Park Church, uh, we really pray that you've had an amazing time with us. What a beautiful time we've had to sharing communion and the message from Phil. And we're really hoping that this will send you off into your week and you'll feel encouraged and built up. I'm going to share a blessing on you in just a second, but just a little reminder to you. If you want to find out all the things that are going on in the network online over the next week, please continue to check out uh, the message stream there. And of course, go onto the website and onto Facebook. 
We'd love to hear from you. We love your encouragements. And we're really excited about what the Lord is going to do over the next little while. Let me pray this blessing over you as I read from Ephesians chapter 3. And maybe you can do a hearty amen uh, like, we, like we do in church uh, to finish our time together. So now to him. Jesus, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Have a wonderful week.